Every play, every musical, begins with some writer putting words on a page. Hello, and welcome to Stagecraft, the Broadway radio podcast that talks to playwrights and musical book writers about the shows they've created. My name is Jan Simpson, and my guest this week is Rajiv Joseph, the author of such attention-grabbing plays as Bengal Tiger at the Baghdad Zoo, which was a finalist for the Pulitzer Prize for Drama in 2010, and Guards at the Taj, which won both the Obie and Lucille Lortel Awards in 2016 and was one of my favorite productions of that year. Joseph is now back with Describe the Night, a new play that's running at Atlantic Theatre Company's Linda Gross Theatre with a killer cast led by Tina Benko, Danny Burstein, and Zach Grenier. Hello, Rajiv Joseph. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Janice. Good to be here. Um, this play, Describe the Night, is a big, ambitious play. Could you briefly summarize what it's about for our listeners? Sure. Describe the Night is a play that spans 90 years of history in Russia, Poland, and East Germany. And it is, in essence, three small plays that intersect. Uh, one of those plays deals with the Russian writer Isaac Babel and takes place between the years of 1920 and 1940. Uh, the second story takes place in Dresden and Moscow in 1989 and deals with a KGB agent who is spying on a woman. And the third story takes place in 2010 and deals with the uh, crash of a of an airplane that crashed in Smolensk, Russia in 2010 that killed the Polish government, almost all the high-ranking members of that government. And so the, the play is basically how do these three stories connect? What was the genesis for the three and for bringing them together? Um, I was really interested in Isaac Babel, the writer. In particular, I was interested in his diaries that he wrote in 1920 when he was a wire correspondent in the Russo-Polish War. And I was really drawn to that piece of literature. And then when this plane crashed in 2010, a lot of the articles that uh, dealt with that story talked about how these age-old tensions between Russia and Poland were emerging again. And it made me rem- it reminded me of that Russo-Polish War and my my reading about Isaac Babel there, and so I started wondering maybe there was a play that could connect those two stories, and I knew that that would be a fairly ambitious undertaking. But that's what led me down the path. How did you learn about his relationship with uh, Nikolai Yesov, who, if I understand it correctly, was the head of Russia's uh, Soviet uh, secret police from? Uh, in the 30s at the height of the purges. Yeah, well, I just some um, research on Babel uh, led to his relationship with Yezhov and also eliminated a large part of Babel's personality, which was that despite being a writer and an artist uh, that was living in this totalitarian state of Russia during this time, he befriended uh, the, the chief of Stalin's secret police and then proceeded to have an affair with the man's wife. And so yes. that sort of detail is hard to overlook. True. And, uh, and then, when you, then it led me, you know, researching Nikolai Ezra, who is, is a fascinating character as well. And so um, that led me, you know, it's just, when you, when you read about these stories, they're unbelievable. And so I, I couldn't help but 
tackle it in the play. Now, you had the two stories originally, Babel's own story and the Polish crash, and you wanted to bring those two together. How did you think about the third element? Did you ever think about doing them as separate plays? How did no, you... I think I needed I needed a connective tissue. Mm. I needed I needed a third story to connect these two because they are too far apart in history to um, simply sit side by side. True. Um, the 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 play needed to have three parts. I thought, and so I, as I as I researched, I, I became very interested in the the collapse of the Soviet Union, the the, the falling of the Berlin Wall, mm. and the KGB and the secret police's work throughout the Eastern Bloc in that time. And so that, that, that ended up being uh, an interesting time for me and a really great way of connecting the 1940s to 2010. There's also a, a, a sort of Putinish character, if you will, in the play. Was, was he there from the start or did recent events over the last, you know, few years with uh, Vladimir Putin's increasing presence um, uh, affect your writing of the play? No, I mean he was there from the start, um, and it was uh, it was kind of a, a shock, and you know, in the last you know year or so, as as Russia and Putin have kind of become part of our national conversation yes. that I had been writing about him and about this time in, in, in history um, for the last three and a half years. And so um, that was just kind of a twist of fate, uh, like in, in terms of uh, having been writing about it all along and then it becoming headline news. I've, I've read that you like to interact with actors while you're developing uh, your plays at, at at times. Did you go through that process with this one? In particular, I went through that process with this one. This play was developed at NYU's graduate acting program in Tisch with eight actors who were in their third year there. This, this play was developed uh, using the joint stock method of theater in which the actors did uh, a lot of the research for me and then would return to me in a classroom and perform their research. Wow. And this is how I did some of the exhaustive, just, you know, digging uh, through this information that, that led to the play. So you assigned them characters and they went out and researched these characters and, and then came back and so, sort of improv. Not even that. Not even, not even that. I, did, I didn't even have the characters yet. I said to them, Listen, I want to write a play about Isaac Babel uh, between the 1920s and 40s, and I want to write a play about the 2010 Smolensk plane crash. Um, there you go. go. Go research and bring back stuff to me. And then over the course of two weeks, they, they did research, they talked to people, they interviewed people, they read stuff. And then in addition to that, we were able to secure... Um, some experts to come in and speak to all of us together. So a preeminent Isaac Babel scholar from the New School named Val Vinegar came along uh, and spoke to us. This uh, Polish filmmaker, documentarian, came and spoke to us and showed us his movie about the small plane crash. And so all of this uh, was really instrumental in building the play. Is this the, the first time that you've done it to this depth? This is a fascinating yes. process. Yes, it's the first time I've ever worked like this, and it was really interesting. And I don't think that Describe the Night could have been written uh, without it. 
and then what was the next step for you after this pro this part of the process because the play although it touches on all of these historical moments it veers often in in other directions and other ways as well so what was the process after the NYU I'll call it workshop so we um we, we, we did the uh, the research aspect of the workshop uh, during the summer. I mean, it turned in during the spring. I wrote a draft of it over the course of the summer and had a, uh, a developmental re uh, workshop at Palo Alto Theater Works that summer in their New Works Festival. Then the following fall, we actually produced the play with the students at NYU. And then since then, I've been kind of working on it and workshopping it through the Lark Play Development Center and the Alley Theater, who um, actually commissioned the play to begin with. And so um, it, it, it slowly grew until we did it at the Alley's New Works Festival this past February. And that was just after the inauguration of Donald Trump and, um, and the news of Russia's um, possible interference in our election was you know, in the headlines. And so when we did the reading then at the Alley, it seemed um, shockingly relevant. Uh, and so the Alley jumped on it and uh, produced it this past fall at their space in Houston, and now it's being done at the Atlantic. Is the Houston production different in any significant way from the Atlantic production? I'm, I'm particularly interested interested because you have such, I'm sure you had a great cast there, but you have such a terrific cast here. Yeah, well, we've, we had great casts in both productions, uh, brilliant actors in both productions. Um, it was significantly different in Houston for a couple of reasons. Mm -hmm. Number one, um, we were there during Hurricane Harvey, and the oh hurricane gosh. destroyed the space that we were supposed to be in. And so the theater had to move our space to the University of Houston, and we had to redesign the set overnight. And we were uh, we were truncated in time and resources uh, considerably, and yet somehow managed to uh, come through and and produce the play. So that, that was an, its own sort of heightened experience there. And then um, I've done considerable rewrites of the play since we started in New York. Um, I tend to do that. I tend to continue working on a play, um, trying to perfect it, uh, gauging it, and seeing what else I can do to uh, sharpen the storytelling. Wow, what an experience. I didn't yeah. connect the um, alley experience with the hurricane. Wow. Yeah. You've tackled so many um, different topics uh, with your plays. And I'm just curious, in general, how do you decide what to write about? It, it varies uh, what, uh, what, what topics I, I select. Um, I am often inspired by the news, um, things I read in the newspaper. I'm inspired by historical uh, stories. Uh, I'm inspired when I when I remember particular stories from my youth. Um, sometimes they lead me down a path of, of of writing a play. That was the case with the, my play Guards at the Taj that wrote a few years ago. Um, the, the the seed for that was uh, you know the legends of the Taj Mahal that were told to me by my aunt when I was a child, hmm. and those stuck with me my whole life, and then ended up becoming the focus of a play. Is there a quality that you would say defines a Rajiv Joseph play? <laughs> I don't know. Um, 
I, 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 it, it's hard for me to say. I think that's somebody that's, you know, there are probably other people who have worked with me, like Giovanna Sardelli, who's my director, who could probably answer that question better than I could. I try not to think about it. I do, I do try to approach every play differently, and I try to vary my styles and rhythms and, and, and subject material um, just to keep it fresh for myself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You, you've worked with um, uh, Giovanna Sardelli quite a lot. You guys have done like, what, like five, six plays together? Uh, at least that, yeah, probably more. What is it about her st- style that you appreciate with your work? Uh, when you're writing uh, uh, or presenting a new play, the collaboration between playwright and director is so important. And so I'm wondering, what is it about working with her that makes you want to return to doing it again and again? Number one, Giovanna understands me probably better than any other person in my professional life. Uh, She understands how I think, how I write. She understands my writing even before my writing is understandable. (laughs) Meaning early drafts, you know, that aren't very good at all. She can see through the morass and see, oh, I see what you're getting at. Maybe maybe think about this. Maybe think about this. And then it, it always helps. Mm-hmm. And so to have someone that can, in, in many ways, read my mind, uh, you know, and read my bad writing and see <laughs> see through it <laughs> is, a, is a real gift. But more generally speaking, not, not so much as it relates to me, is that, you know, Giovanna has a dazzling imagination. And um, when she stages uh, my work or anyone's work, it, it really comes alive in a, in a visceral and an exciting way that... I, I always wish to see in any kind of theatrical production, and um, I, I really think that she's just um, one of the most talented people I've ever met. The two of you have also collaborated on a play that uh, was recently, or perhaps is currently, at the Mark Taper Archduke. Yes, is that is that so? Could you just say a little bit about what that's about, and also tell us? If there are any plans to bring it to New York, it sounds like a fascinating play. Thank you. Yeah, we had a really exceptional production of Archduke at the Mark Taper Forum this past uh, spring, and um, I'm very excited about the play. It's um, it, it details the uh, the the recruitment uh, of the young men who were to the task of assassinating Archduke Franz Ferdinand in. Sarajevo in 1914, the event that started the First World War, and it's um, it, it's it, to me it's it's a really interesting or you know kind of when when you when I when I did the historical research on it, um, the word that kept coming up whether I was reading books or talking to people about it was farce. Um, <laughs> there was something farcical about the entire uh, event, as tragic as it was, and as 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 kind of. Um, catastrophic as it, as it ended up being, um, these young men um, uh, were <laughs> were kind of on this fool's errand, and I don't think they really understood exactly what was going on and what they were doing, and, and the men who were kind of controlling them. And um, it was a, it's a to me it, it was a fascinating story, and so we put it on stage at the taper. Um, Giovanna and I had both had the opportunity to visit both Belgrade and Sarajevo the, hmm. the, the previous fall and did an exhaustive amount of research there for the play. And um, 
I'm very excited about it. Right now, there's no plans to bring it to New York, um, but we've been kind of focused on just grab the night uh, since that closed. So that will be, you know, next up will be Archduke at some point. I hope so. I hope so. Um, but in the meantime, um, our listeners and other theater goers in New York can um, uh, enjoy Describe the Night. Um, thank you so much for joining us and talking about it. Thanks so much, Jen. And thank you for joining us. We hope you'll come back next time and that you'll listen to all the other Broadway Radio podcasts, which you can find on Broadway Radio. Dot com.